gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Costa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys, episode four. This is our look at the upcoming week four games across the NFL, and this episode is stacked with awesomeness. In fact, President Trump's going to be back with his thoughts on the sons of bitches who populate NFL rosters. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central is Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. And Andy, I suppose a gigantic congratulations is in order. Well, we uh, we had a pretty good week uh, last week. In fact, we went twelve and three against the spread on the games that were played on the weekend. Yeah, that's a little better than pretty good, Mister Prognosticator. That's sensational. It, 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 it was good. It was good. Now, this, of course, does not include the Thursday night game where my dog Woody selected the against the spread winner in a nonviolent protest to the league about the idea of Thursday night games. You know. Andy, though, the game was pretty freaking awesome. Had a lot of scoring, excitement, came right down to the wire. And uh, what I think we're hearing is the sour grapes of a Niners fan who didn't like the outcome of a certain controversial call late in the game that went against his own team. No, no, no sour grapes. The Rams won fair and square. Uh, And everything you said about the game is absolutely true. There was a lot of scoring, excitement, came right down to the end. But I do not believe in Thursday night football. I also don't believe in the tooth fairy, but I'm not going to get upset if I wake up and find a $5 bill underneath my pillow in the morning. <laughs> no, but it'll probably go to the sports book. Yeah, yeah, probably will. <laughs> but no, no, seriously, we, we, no, we really did have a, a, a great week across the board. Where the theme of the weekend seemed to be home team underdogs covering, of which we had selected the Jets and the Bears, the Bills, the Jags who were playing in England, and the Colts. We were also on the right side of the spread with the Texans, the Bengals, the Saints, the Vikings, the Giants, Titans, and the Cowboys. That was a good but Cowboys not, pick, by the way. Good Cowboys pick on Monday well, night. Well, you know what? At, um, before game time, I because of the way that all the underdogs were covering at home, I was a little shaky on that one, but uh, we stood fast, and uh, it, it, uh, we picked the right side. But we're not going to pat ourselves on the back too much because it's just as easy to go 3-12 and 12 in this league, but... Beyond that, we said that Cousins would have a great day through the air, and he did. Three touchdowns, 360 yards, and a pass rating slightly north of buck fifty. We also mentioned that Jacoby Brissett in last week's episode was going to do well, and he had a completion percentage of over 70, a touchdown, and a pass rating of over 120. Now, that being said, I did think that the Raiders would cover his road favorites, but that's pretty difficult to do when your entire offense production is in single-digit yardage. Yeah, that was awful. Our, it, it was awful, but you know, kudos to Washington's defense. But our, our against the spread record would have even been better if the Lions game had ended differently. Now, I'm not saying you know if your inside balls would be your uncles, but I do really sorry feel sorry for the Detroit fans. That was heartbreaking, and I just um, I just hope that doesn't come back to bite them in the ass for playoff hopes because that was a really crappy way of ending a game. Well, I'm a I'm a Bears fan, so I hope that screws up their playoff hopes. <laughs> well, now that being said, so we pretty much covered what happened. Was there anything else going on in the league last week? Let's get to the news, shall we? News of the week.
Well, just when you thought tensions couldn't get any worse in regards to taking a knee during the anthem, Trump dragged his gas can up to the dais, says, hold my beer, and starts flicking matches all over the place. As a result, we saw dozens of players answer back by kneeing and locking arms during the anthems on Sunday. That included former players like uh, Ray Lewis, team owners like Shad Khan, and the Steelers. They didn't even take the field until after the anthem had played. But let's make one thing very clear. Trump doesn't give a rat's ass about the NFL. In fact, he sued the league as a USFL owner for over a billion. Now they ended up settling out of court for a cool $1 million, considering he paid $10 million for the New Jersey Generals, a loss of $9 million. Well, it looks like a typical Trump investment, doesn't it? Um, he thought that he would fire up his mouth-breathing base by targeting players that protest. In fact, he unified a league that has a rich history of shaky owner-employee relations. Well, in fact, Jed York's comments, Jed York's the CEO of the 49ers, and he aptly summarized it. And I'm, I'm going to read exactly what he said. Let me go to the glasses just so I get it right. The callous and offensive comments made by the president are contradictory to what this great country stands for. Our players have exercised their rights as United States citizens in order to spark conversation and action to address social injustice. We will continue to support them in their peaceful pursuit of positive change in our country and around the world. The San Francisco 49ers will continue to work toward bringing communities and those who serve them closer together. Yeah, and these sentiments were echoed all across the league by team owners. Like, Jesus Christ, even Roger Goodell was on the right side of an issue for once. And you've got to be a very special type of asshole if you've gotten Roger Goodell to side with the players because normally the commissioner wouldn't piss on the players' teeth if their gums were on fire. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about this issue. It's received a lot of coverage already, but I would like to point out one thing. Trump believes that this type of protesting is somehow anti-American and disrespects those who have served in uniform. Do you know what's unpatriotic? How about five draft deferments to go to Vietnam? The last one result of bone spurs so bad that apparently he couldn't remember which foot it was. Oh, and by the way, that was the year after he graduated from college where he was quite able to play football, squash, and tennis. Also, you know, I don't even know why he wouldn't want to go to Vietnam because his orange skin would have been perfect camouflage against that napalm background. <laughs> I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Maddie, did you see Odell Beckham Jr.'s touchdown celebrations this week? You mean the one uh, where he raises his fist to show solidarity to the league on uh, a day of protest? Mm, no. Uh, the one before that where he got down on all fours and appeared to take a fictitious leak in the Philadelphia Enzo. Oh, how could I forget? <laughs> I wonder what other people are saying about it. Joe Buck, what do you think about it? That is a disgusting act. Some say it was a protest in itself. Let's see what Chuck D of Public Enemy thinks. How about controversial comedian Daniel Tosh? I don't care if he gets in the end zone and has a 10-minute tea party. <laughs> Just don't get mad at me, though, when you're paralyzed from the neck down, being carted off the field because some free safety took your head off, and you see me in the stance going, whoo Yes! Dance now, you overpaid clown! Huh? How does it feel to know God hates you? Don't worry, maybe V8 will sponsor a vegetable. I think his dog impression was simply an, an homage to Woody. 
In other news, Sammy Watkins proves that your IQ needs to be no higher than your shoe size to get an NFL contract this week when he tweeted that, like Kyrie Irving, he believes the earth is flat. Well, it's nice to see that a four-year degree in communication studies from Clemson is finally paying off so well. (laughs) Lastly, we gave a tip of the hat in our last episode to the Atlanta Falcons concession prices. At the time, we also noted how Gillette Stadium at Foxborough is known for gouging their fans. They obviously missed our memo, because guess what they did this past Sunday, Matty? <laughs> what now? Well, keep in mind that uh, game time temperature was close to 90 degrees. When the concession stands ran out of bottled water, they charged fans $4.50 for a soda cup of tap water. Very classy. Oh, and next year, though, the Kraft family will look to Europe for its next ancillary revenue stream. Pay toilets for Gillette Stadium. For just the low, low price of five bucks, you get the privilege of taking a piss like a civilized human being. But God help you if you need to drop a deuce. You better break out the plastic. It's going to cost you. <laughs> I think some of these chowder heads have more money than brains. Thursday night game will again be picked by my dog Woody. We have the Chicago Bears visiting the Packers of Green Bay. Check out the video of this selection on our Facebook page, Almost Lions Guys. No spoiler on his pick, but the indigenous food with which he'll be selecting the winner between Chicago and Green Bay required a cardiologist to be present during the filming. Unlike last week, these are two cities whose cuisine is a little less healthy than granola and bread. And Matty, uh, we're not going to go through the game because by the time our listeners hear it, it will have already occurred. But I wanted to bring a couple statistical um, anomalies uh, to light. So the 195th time these two teams have played. Their record against each other is 94, 94, and six ties. Wow. Now that's parody. More astonishing than that, and grab your seat for it. The number of points that the Packers have scored against the Bears in that timeline, 3,335 points. The number of points that the Bears have scored against the Packers, 3,331 points. After 194 games, a differential of four points. I think you see where I'm going with uh, the fact that this is a particular game is at a touchdown. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that they're going to be going that. Uh, it won't be a full touchdown. I was no. going to take the Bears, but as a Bears fan, that kind of happens. Well, they are playing quite well. But, that, and, uh, that and because I know for a fact Aaron Rodgers hates old people and children. <laughs> Indeed, he does. And that's a uh, another reminder to you, if you're listening and you like this, remember, if you uh, like us on Facebook, you'll end up getting all of Woody's picks. And uh, Woody's actually a pretty good prognosticator himself. Andy's trained him quite well. And then also you can get all of Andy's picks for all the games. So just give us a like on Facebook and make sure you follow Almost Wise Guys. So let's Only go if you to- want accurate picks and you want to make money. Yeah, exactly. Make some money with Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, and then you can meet him out in public one day and buy him a beer. There you go. 
New Orleans, Miami. It's uh, plus three, so Miami's a home dog, and uh, 49 and a half is the over-under. Now, this is in London, so home dog, mm, that's a long way from Miami. It, it is indeed, and that actually brings me to my first point. Uh, their first game of the season was canceled during Hurricane Irma. The first game they actually played was in L.A. against the Chargers, which they won, but then they flew back to Miami, and then they went to New York to play the Jets the following week, then back to Miami to practice, and then over to England today. So in that time frame, they traveled about 13,000 miles. So Miami's been put into a tough situation this year for things that are sort of beyond their control. But things that are, are under their control, they've consciously decided to have Jay Cutler as their starting quarterback. Yeah, and as a Bears fan, let me be very fucking clear, like crystal clear on this issue, okay? The only way, only way Jay Cutler will be a winning QB is if the rules committee loses its collective shit and allows points to be given for throwing picks. Because every time the game was on the line, he painted the other team between the fucking numbers. So anyway... I think New Orleans takes advantage of this haggard and weary's Dolphin squad. Uh, I'm taking the Saints. Well, with the travel situation that it has been for the fish, I, too, am going to lay the three points with New Orleans. All right, let's move to Buffalo, Atlanta. Atlanta favored by more than a touchdown, minus 7.5 at home with the over-under sitting at 48.5. I I don't know if you saw the game, Matty, but the Bills looked really good last week against the Broncos. Saw the now, highlights, the Broncos, and it looked pretty good. Well, the Broncos were maybe it was kind of a – they're thinking ahead to this week's divisional game against the Raiders. But Buffalo's defense certainly lived up to their expectations, and they played a very, very gritty game. Atlanta, on the other hand, in week one, barely beat Chicago. They had a really good home opener against the Pack, and then almost lost on the last play in Detroit that we mentioned earlier. I do like Atlanta to win this week, but I will take the hook at seven and a half and a good Bills D, and they're going to keep things close. Pick the Bills. I agree with you, bud. The uh, Atlanta hasn't been that shit hot this year when it comes uh, against the spread, and Buffalo, they're playing some pretty damn good football, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And Tyrod Taylor, he's showing some flashes of brilliance. He's he's starting to look like a good, solid QB for that team which uh, also led me to pick the Bills' uh, tight end Charles Clay uh, to shore up my roster at that position on my fantasy squad. So Atlanta does play much better at home, but mm, I don't think they play more than a touchdown better. The Bills. All right, Cincinnati at Cleveland, the Battle of Ohio in Cleveland. Home dogs this week, plus three, and uh, 39 and a half. That's pretty darn low over under. How about uh, what do you think of the Battle of Ohio, Andy? Well, the Bungles of Cincinnati have been a little bit exposed this season. Dalton usually sees face down on the turf, and their defense is usually looking behind themselves to see what just happened in their own end zone. They had every opportunity to win that one on the road, on the tundra of the arrows at Lambeau Field. But, indeed, they found a way to lose. And Cleveland, who most people didn't have great expectations at the start of the year for, have pleasantly surprised people mostly with the level of effort. I'm going to look for the dog pound to be loud and the running game to be strong. And no surprise from the wise guy, I'm taking the home dogs with the three points. 
Yeah, the Browns burned me last week. And I always get a little bit, eh, when I get burned. But you know what? Uh, I know you predicted the Colts. But I really thought the Browns would get it done on the road in Indy's house. Uh, that being said, though, the dumpster fire going on in Ohio right now is the Bengals, not the Browns. Uh, the Bengals' old line is weak, which leaves Dalton no time to work. Cleveland's D will keep the lid on Cincy's offense. I agree with our prognosticator. Take the home dog. The Browns cover at home. And uh, another one on this, Andy. This is uh, a tough over-under to call. Any thoughts? Um. I've had a few thoughts. I've had a few. Uh, the Browns have gone under in the last five games at home. And in fact, five of the last six matchups between these two teams has produced an under. Uh, however, um, Cincinnati has uh, an offensive coordinator now in a second week who seemed to do quite well last week. This has obviously been factored into a, a line that's now considered fairly low by Vegas standards at 39 and a half. And I, what I've seen is a lot of money coming in on the under. So I'm going to take the contrarian position and I'm going to say the over. So anything you see at 40, 40 and a half, you're safe to go over on this one. All right, my friend, uh, before we move to the next selection, I need some refreshments. So uh, let's crack into Da Beers. Ah, refreshing. Uh, New York Giants at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers are favored by three points at home with a 44 flat over and under. What do you think, Andy? Well, if it wasn't for a rookie kicker making a game-winning 61-yard field goal, G-Men may have had one notch in the W column. Their D isn't playing up to snuff, and their offense has been slower getting off than a dead man on a drum. Now, the Bucks have not looked too sharp either this season, albeit as a result of injuries. That sounds like a lot of shoulda, woulda, coulda. Could've, would've, should've is the difference of what I'm talking about. The good teams don't come in and say could've. They get it done. All right? It's that simple. I'm tired of saying could've, should've, would've. That's why we ain't good enough yet. Because we're saying could have and they ain't. Like, I'm selling the shit out of the Giants. That defense was supposed to be the cat's ass this year, and out of the gates, they've looked a lot more like the dog's balls. Add to that, Eli Manning looks old and worn out. Dude is 35 years old, and he's begun this season looking like he's lost a step. And with the last few years of bullshit the guys had to deal with, one can hardly blame him. Uh, if your O-line is as weak as it is, your QB play is shaky, and your defense sucks, you're just not going to lose this week, but you're a few shitty games away from becoming the New York Jets. Well, it's 0-3 with McAdoo in the hot seat. This game is going to have a bit of a playoff feel for New York. I'm picking the Giants, and yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I'm picking the Giants. <laughs> well, that's okay. Everyone knows how I feel about that shit team. All right, yeah, let's hold, move on. I got to hold my nose while I say it. <laughs> All right, Philly at LA Chargers. Chargers are favored by just a slip margin, minus one at home with a 47.5 over under. Wow. Um, there were a lot of games across the board this week that were fairly hard to handicap, but this one almost seemed too easy. The Chargers. I don't like they don't really have a home field advantage this week, or nor will they for the rest of the season. Rivers look like very visibly angry about the decision to punt last week when they're on the thirty five yard line. They actually 
called off the kicker, the puncher, to leave the field. But, uh, you know, head coach Anthony Lynn and his infinite wisdom insisted that the punting team take the field, where they, fortunately for him, down the ball to the five-yard line. But Phillip was missed on the sidelines. He, he seemed talking to other players about it, and I don't, I don't really know how much he thinks of his head coach, so I'm going to expect there to be a few struggles in the locker room this week. Philly, on the other hand, has impressed me on both sides of the ball so far. They are... They're injured in their defensive secondary, to be sure. But I don't care if this game was being played in the city of brotherly love, in San Diego, in Los Angeles, or in the moon. I'm going to take the Eagles as dogs 10 at a times in this spot, the Eagles. Well, I could not disagree with you more. In case you haven't heard, the Chargers, the freaking Chargers have arrived in Los Angeles. Actually, I'm just bullshitting. The Chargers suck. They play in a high school stadium, which, incidentally, they can't even sell that out. Take the Eagles on the road. How about San Francisco at Arizona? Arizona favored by 6.5 points at home with a 44.5 over under. Well, as well, the Niners have a new rookie head coach with Kyle Shanahan, who's 37 years old. The defensive coordinator, Robert Sally, is in his first year with the team. Special teams coordinator Richard Hightower is in his first season with this squad. Now, he guess who else is in their new role on the 49ers coaching staff? Who that? Their offensive line coach, the quarterback coach, the tight end coach, the linebacking coach, the wide receivers coach, the head and strength and conditioning coach, the running back coach, and that doesn't even include any of the assistant coaches. Couple that with the fact that they have a new GM, several rookie starters, and in fact, over half the roster wasn't even on the team last year. So in the first game, they scored three points against the Panthers, and then nine against the Seahawks the next week, and then 41 against the Rams last Thursday night. You can see how they're getting better and better each week, and all the pieces of the puzzle are finally falling into place, especially with the passing game. I love it when a plan comes together. Arizona, on the other hand, is regressing to a point where I don't think anyone on the team even wants to address it. Last year, David Johnson was involved in over 50% of their plays, and that's a big gap to fill. So let's also consider the fact that San Fran has had 10 days to rest from playing last Thursday, while the cards who played on Monday night have only had six. In an additional game, I think a six-and-a-half-point spread is absurd. And in fact, I take the underdog in either scenario with these two teams. However, this week happens to have the Cards' favorites, so I will fade the 63-year-old white coach sporting the Kangle, and I'm going with the 49ers. Fucking 49ers, fucking 49 Come on, nobody! Fucking 49ers, fucking 49ers, fucking 49ers. Hey, come on, everybody. How about the Sunday Nighters? Seattle at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Seattle, pretty big home favorites at uh, 13 point favorites, in fact, with a 41 point over under. That seems pretty big, eh, Andy? It does. And the Colts are 4 and 1 in the last five against 
describe him playing Seattle. But this is a pretty big line. And Seattle's defense looked uncharacteristically vulnerable against Marriott and the Titans last week. In fact, they didn't sack him once, and they had only two pressures and 32 dropbacks. The only time that they hit Marietta was when Richard Sherman lined him up somewhere between the Gatorade jug and the locker room. Now, we all know that the Seahawks O-line is in shambles, and it's forcing Russell Wilson to do things well he really shouldn't have to do. 13, it's just a big spread in the NFL, and I don't care who you are what you look like. Look for Chuck Pagano's team to keep it close. Let's go the Colts. Well, and as I said earlier, the Colts showed some uh, very good signs of life against the Browns last week. Thwarted my pick, but that bodes well for them as they head into Seattle, uh, as that should give their young quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, some more confidence uh, to keep the ball moving downfield against a suspect Seahawks defense. Uh, This game will be much closer than Pete Carroll wants it to be. Colts cover. Washington Redskins, go fuck yourself. Sure, we'd be happy to take your money. Yep, just go to our Kickstarter page. Okay, nice idiot. Uh Uh-huh, fuck you. Bye-bye. So get ready. Ready. I mean, get ready. Ready. Are you ready for some football? Yeah, all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. Monday Night Football, Kansas City at home in Arrowhead Stadium against... The Washington professional football team. (laughs) KC is uh, favored by seven points with a 49 and a half point over under. By the way, he's my least favorite redneck. Uh, But that's cool. I love the theme song. Of all the games that I watched last week, I don't think there's any one team that impressed me more than Washington. They played lights out on defense, four sacks. The running game is not fun in its likes. No pun intended. Um, but the Chiefs also had a nice game on the road against the Chargers, beating them by two touchdowns. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Manny. I've been going back and forth all week on this one. This is a tough game to call. Washington is 5-1 and one against the spread in his last five games on the road. KC, however, is 5-0 and oh in his last five games at home. It's a tough one, and... I think what it comes down Casey makes it very difficult for away teams to win. And Washington played so lights out. I just find it hard to imagine that any team could have spectacular games back-to-back like that. Out of necessity, I'm taking the Chiefs and net minus seven. Yeah, in my opinion, the Chiefs are the top dog in the AFC right now. Forget about the Pats. Their defense is full of athletic freaks and a running back who's gaining more yards than the ground crew at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, (laughs) Kansas City is also one of the toughest environments for a visiting team to play for sure. Uh, Although Washington played well last week, and they played really well, the Chiefs are on an entirely different level as their team looks playoff ready, and we're only four weeks into the season, or moving into the fourth week anyway. Kansas City definitely covers at home. That's a tough one. It should be a great matchup. I'm looking forward to it. All right, as we've mentioned, Andy and I once met President Donald Trump before he was president at a learning annex 
And, you know, we thought we'd get some real estate advice. Instead, we just got uh, two hours of Donald Trump talking about himself. But we did find out that the guy likes football, so we managed to tap into the White House hotline, and uh, we can get the president's picks, or at least his thoughts about the NFL. So uh, first question here, Mr. President, thank you for showing up here. It's, It's great to have you. The NFL just played its first game in the U.K. Now, if you were Roger Goodell... And the president of Nambia inquired about expansion in that part of the world. What would be your response? Africa has tremendous business potential. I have so many friends going to your countries trying to get rich. I congratulate you. They're spending a lot of money. But it does. It has a tremendous business potential and representing huge amounts of uh, different markets and for American firms, it's really become a place that they have to go, that they want to go. Mr. President, a recently released report on the Aaron Hernandez autopsy determined that he indeed had CTE at the third of four stages. What do you think of the NFL's efforts to ensure player safety by making some rule changes to prevent unnecessary and potentially dangerous collisions? They had that last week. I watched for a couple of minutes, and two guys just really... Beautiful tackle. Boom, 15 yards. The referee gets on television. His wife is sitting at home. She's so proud of him. They're ruining the game. Right? They're ruining the game. Hey, look, that's what they want to do. They want to hit, okay? They want to hit. But, but it is hurting the game. Wow, you're a very enlightened person, Mr. President. Has anybody ever told you you have rocks in your head for heavy thinking? And now it's time for Prop Picks, where uh, Andy, our prognosticator, likes to delve into some of the je ne sais quoi, let's say, of the NFL. And he pulls out his bag of potpourri, and he tries to give you a pick, a certain prop that you can latch onto this week. Andy, what what say you? Well, this obviously is not going to be an official pick, but it is something to consider. And this line caught my eye recently. And it is for the Titans to win the Super Bowl that the odds currently at 20 to 1. Right now, they have the highest success rate on first downs in the league. And as we've seen in the first three games, they're just running the ball at will. And that travels well, despite the, the fact that they may or may not get home playoff games. I just, I think it's something to consider. And we talked about this last week. Um, in fact, we talked about it from uh, week one. This is a team that is moving on up. But if you were to consider this, take it early before the line changes. How about uh, anything in college ball this weekend? What are you liking there? I like the Central Michigan-Boston College game to go under 52.5 points. It's going to be very gusty this Saturday in Beantown. The total in each of these two teams' last seven games of on five occasions have, have gone on, on the under. And... I think yeah, this is this is one that you'll uh, you'll find reliable.
Thank you to all our fans for listening to episode four of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from week four every game across the NFL. Thanks again to President Trump for his insights. From the Cosa Nostra studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara.
say? Yeah. Fight the power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we got to say? Yeah.